Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. Have you had your office Christmas party yet? If not, you're running rapidly out of time. But aside from the revelry and celebrations with your colleagues, employers have a certain duty of care. Um, also, with 2023 just around the corner, employers have a few changes in the legal landscape to keep on their radar. Deirdre Malone is the Head of Employment Law at the Consultants EY and joins us on the line. Good morning, Deirdre. Good morning, Joe. How are you? I'm very well um, this morning, Deirdre. I was surprised to hear how much responsibilities employers have when their staff go out celebrating miles away from the office. I know it's true. Some some employers find it difficult to get their head around it. But that obligation and duty of care to employees extends beyond the workplace to places such as venues where you're hosting your Christmas party. So if you're laying out the champagne for employees and it's in a restaurant or some other venue that's off site, the exact same obligations apply. So it's critical that employees are reminded of their obligations because it's been so long since there have been Christmas parties for, for everybody. Yeah. And when you say obligations, let's say they slip and fall at the Christmas party, like I said, miles away from the office. That seems a bit unfair that the employer is responsible for that. It will depend in that situation who's responsible. I mean, if it's due to the the negligence of the venue hosting, then they'll certainly have a responsibility um, too. But as an employer, your obligation um, is to ensure that the venue that you're going to has been appropriately risk assessed as you would assess your own um, workplace and, and that environment. So you're not going to host the party in a barn you haven't checked out. You know, it will it will have to be a venue that you have reviewed and made sure that it is a safe place. Well, what happens, that- what happens if, a, if a bunch of colleagues, let's say they work in a specific department within the company, decide of their own volition, we are going to get together because we work closely together. We're going to go to X pub or Y pub and are they obliged to tell the employer where and who and all that kind of stuff? And why is the employer on the hook for that private gathering? So that depends. And that's a, uh, the private gathering part is the really critical part of that. Because if there is a manager within that group of colleagues and it's something that's then approved, if you like, by the employer, then the employer will have certain obligations at that party. If, however, it's a group of colleagues who've decided themselves that they're going to go out and they're going to meet in the pub for drinks and there's no funding for the alcohol that will be purchased, for example, um, in that pub, uh, then the employer's obligations do not extend to that private gathering. So it's always fact-specific when you when you look at something like that. OK, well, let's move on to 2023 and a couple of uh, changes in the um, personnel um, regulatory framework as coming into force statutory sick pay in Ireland for the first time. Yes, a very welcome addition, um, but it's I suppose it's it still hasn't been ruled out. So it will start on the 1st of January and employees who have more than 13 weeks service will be entitled to up to three days of statutory sick pay in 2023. So it's 
it's new in that so many employers will have policies in place where they don't pay sick pay um, in the private sector and they require their employees to submit a medical search, for example, on the third day of absence. And what's new about this is that employees will need to submit a medical certificate on the first day of absence if they want to get paid for that that, that statutory sick pay. So it, it, it will there will be a change from 1 January what in, in terms of what that happens. But what if you're too ill to go to the doctor and you just are home in bed? Are you telling me that you won't get the sick pay then? Technically, the legislation says that to qualify for it, you need to have the medical certificate from day one. So I think that this is what will need to be ironed out once we see this put into practice in the new year. I think that employers will have the discretion to say, look, I understand that this is a genuine situation where you're unable to get to the doctors and get the medical certificate and they may pay on that basis. But if you think about it, by 2026, employers will have an obligation to pay up to 10 days of sick leave. And I know that there is certainly... Um, some cynicism out there around, well, I don't want employees to have 10 extra days holidays that they're, they're going to take during the course of the year. So I think that there'll be a little bit of give and take where employers see how this works in practice. But I, I think that there will always be that discretion on an employer to recognise the genuine situation where an employee is just unable to get the medical certificate on the first day of absence. Of course, it depends on the employer. Some are very open and honest and transparent with their staff. Uh, And others will say, I don't care if you're dying, I need the cert and so be it. And so it it, it does depend a lot on the employer and how they kind of view their own staff. Um, Let's move on to the work-life balance which is going to become a lot more important uh, in contracts going forward. That's also going to be different in 2023 to a certain extent. It is. So this is new legislation that is was promised before the end of the year. Um, and it's been reworked a couple of times already. But essentially, it provides for a variety of different benefits for employees. I think we'll have it in the early new year. Um, it allows employees to work flexibly and it also integrates um, the right to request remote work. And those are two really different concepts, but they're in the right place in the piece in the same piece of legislation because it just makes it more practical for everybody trying to use that piece of legislation. And there was accusations that some employers would be inflexible when it comes to working from home or providing for a work-life balance, but that has been changed a little bit, tweaked in the last few months to tilt it a little bit towards the employee. Is that correct? That's fair to say, yes. Um, there was significant criticism earlier earlier in the year because the original um, remote working legislation had 13 reasons why an employer could say no and there was very little in favour of an employee. So what we see now with this reworked version of the proposed legislation is that the employee's needs need to be taken into account as well as the employer's needs and the ministers with responsibility for this piece of legislation need to uh, liaise with the Workplace Relations Commission to get a code of practice and that code of practice is where we'll see the real detail around how and what happens um, when requesting remote working arrangements. Well, we wish you all best of luck out there in 2023 when new legislation comes in. It's, there's always teething problems at the start. Um, Deirdre, thank you for um, joining us this morning. That's Deirdre Malone, the Head of Employment Law at the Consultants EY. Back- 
Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.